sounds like okay well watch the disco ball go around and there's the team once again for the around the house program i'm ken moon nice to have you with us thanks for sharing your weekend with us here on the program we'll be here a couple of hours talking about that special place that you and i call home and uh next week is going to be the actual 30th anniversary of the program um it was november Let's see, November 20th, 1993, so it's not exactly, but it's close enough. Anyway, thanks to you, the sponsors, all the great people that have been part of the program over the years. Uh, It's been really fun. Um, Never thought I'd make it that far, but we're going to keep pressing on here, entering my 31st year doing this on a Saturday. At various times, Chris, um, I started at uh, 9 o'clock in the morning. Then it moved to 11. This is in Denver now. And then I think it was like 1 to 3 or 12 to 2 kind of idea. Then All over the place. Back to 9 to 11, and then 4 p.m., you know, flip and a flop and a flip. At least it's always been on a on a Saturday. So um, it still is, and we're glad you are part of it listening on the, on the program. Our 719-473-1240 is our phone number. We're glad you're... You're with us, and uh, lots to cover today. Uh, Chris, very uh, uh, sweetly and in a very kind way, came in the um, studio and shook my hands and said, "Happy Veterans Day!" and and uh, thanks for your service, which I thought was really a, a cool, really a neat gesture, a very kind gesture. I've got an email from my roommate, uh, who's a realtor, who uh, we've been lifelong friends, but we met when we were roommates in the Air Force in Alaska. Uh, at the uh, on an island at the end of the Aleutian Island back in the late 60s, and he reached out to me this morning via email. Chris was number two today. And then my daughter-in-law did a Facebook thing, thanks for all the veterans and thank you for your service, which was really cool. And I want to say thanks to all of uh, the folks that have served men and women uh, over the years and uh, past and present, the present keeping us safe right now, but it's really uh, great to honor Veterans, this was 11-11, uh, 2000, was it 2018, Chris, the first Veterans Day? I think so. Uh, anyway, supposed to be the war that end, ended all wars, but of course we know how that uh, worked out. So anyway, 11-11, we honor all the veterans uh, in our country. Thank you for your service. We appreciate it very much. Freedom ain't free, as they say, and so we're very grateful for your for your service. Uh, let's see here. We got. I'm going to finish this list. <clears throat> we start a random thoughts to ponder, kind of a Reader's Digest type list that one of my contributing uh, friends, Larry, sent. <laughs> These are the, this is the other half of this list. I think it's kind of cute. Let's see. <clears throat> oh, here we go. We celebrated last night with a couple of adult beverages, Metamucil. And ensure <laughs> you know you're getting old when friends with benefits means means having someone who can actually drive at night. My weight loss goal to be able to clip my toenails and breathe at the same time. This one is really cute. After watching how some people wore their masks during COVID, I understand why contraception doesn't always work. 
Some of my friends exercise every day. Meanwhile, I'm watching a show I don't like because the remote fell on the floor. Let's see. For those of you that don't want Alexa or Siri listening in on your conversation, they're making a male version. It doesn't listen to anything. I know you women would appreciate that. I just got a present labeled from mom and dad, and I know darn well dad has no idea what's inside. Now that COVID has everyone washing their hands correctly, next week, turn signals. Someone said this one. You'll like this, Chris. Someone said nothing rhymes with orange. I said, no, it doesn't. Okay. The pessimist complains about the wind. The optimist, optimist expects it to change. The realist adjusts his sales. I like that. There's a fine line between a numerator and a denominator. Only a fraction of people will find this funny. Okay. Reading gives us some place to go when we have to stay where we are. Yeah, that's that's a good one. I have many hidden talents. I just wish I could remember where I hid them. Uh, my idea of a Super Bowl is a toilet that cleans itself. And finally, apparently exercise helps you with decision making. It's true. I went for a run this morning and decided I'm never going to go again. So there you go. There's a, a good list. Thank you, Larry. Uh, for that for that list how's everything going around your house winter wise i hope you've gotten your fall aeration done your fall fertilizing uh we're going to talk about leaves and pine needles uh a little later in the program my guy bless his heart uh angel is his name came and picked up a a half or three-quarter ton rather pickup truck that ended up full of leaves from my front and backyard my gutters the roof and um, hauled them away, does a great job, but there's now, because I have a, a stupid cottonwood tree in the backyard that loses its leaves late, there's more to pick up. He'll do that probably in a couple of weeks. But it seems to be endless uh, until they're all gone. I had, a, I had a friend last night, I went to a little wine thing in my neighborhood and said, uh, isn't it a good idea to leave the leaves on the lawn to kind of protect the lawn? And the answer is, Usually, no, because if there's a lot of snow cover, you can end up having mold under the leaves because they get wet and, and there's no oxygen in there and, they, and the moisture uh, uh, doesn't let the lawn and the turf breathe. So you can get mold, kind of snow mold, if you will, here and there. It looks like winter kill. Uh, it's, it turns the lawn kind of grayish black. So the answer is no, don't leave the leaves on the lawn. You can get rid of them. You can mulch them. If you want with a mulching lawnmower, the only trouble, and that's fine, it provides a little uh, a little organic input for the lawn. The only problem is, as John Creddy told us a couple of weeks ago, is that if, you, if there's too many leaves, then you end up having a thatch problem because you have too much material uh, on, uh, below the, you know, on the surface of the lawn, you know, in between all the, uh, the grass tufts and blades and so on. So you, you just end up with too much material, and that is not good for the lawn either. So at the bottom line, <clears throat> put the leaves in the compost pile if you are into composting, but get them off the lawn and let that lawn breathe all winter. And then as the snow falls and melts, it's nice moisture for the um, for the lawn all winter long. Now, if we get a, a dry winter, <clears throat> it's a mixed bag. There's a, a lot of predictions that are leaning towards a wet a winter, a snowy uh, winter this year. Who knows? The Farmer's Almanac is as good a source as any. Uh, but 
if we do get a wet winter, good for us. If not, remember you got to do that winter watering. If we don't have any precipitation for three or four weeks, you got to water that lawn to keep the um, the turf and the roots from desiccating. That's why I'm not a big fan of blowing out the sprinkler systems, as I've said many times on the program. So that's the landscaping part. I hope you've gotten your hoses disconnected from your outside faucets. You've uh, winter-proofed the sprinkler system, not blown it out, but just uh, winterized it so you can reverse that uh, when you need to winter water. And um, uh, crawl space vents we talked about last week. You want to block off the most northerly-facing crawl space vents so we don't get any cross breezes, that uh, winter wind blowing across the crawl space. Same thing in the attic. If you've got uh, gable vents on the end of your attic, uh, in, in the gables, you know, those kind of rectangular. You want to block off one of them so, you, again, you don't get that wind blowing through there, that cross ventilation, which is fine in the summer but not in the wintertime because it'll suck heat out of the house. And we want to preserve that solar gain, the passive solar gain in the attic. So those are just some basic winter chores. Make sure those hoses are disconnected. I'm amazed how many people don't remember to do that uh, because then you can get a freeze-up of your of your hose spigots your hose faucets some people call them silcox but uh those spigots outside will freeze up and they probably won't leak but in the spring when you go to use them if they've frozen they will blast water into the basement so you want to remove those hoses uh do it this uh this weekend so there's some basic winterizing things of course clean the gutters out because even though it's not raining we get a lot of snow melt around here, and you want the gutters and the downspouts to be open to get rid of that to get rid of that moisture. So there's some basic winterization uh, a conversation. We'll talk about gutters and gutter covers a little later in the program. I'm sure you have a lot of leaves and pine needles in your life, unless you've had them hauled away. So we'll discuss that a little later. Right now, time for a break. We'll be back with. Some great email from this week, and we'd love it if you check in with us. No stupid questions on Around the House, 719-473-1240. Well, here's a message from a name I know you've heard, Dutch's Home Improvements. They've been around over 30 years in Colorado Springs, and the reason is they have a great commitment to customer service. I met Gary, the owner of Dutch's, and I'm really impressed with how he runs his business. And if your home is looking a little seedy, if you will, a little old, a little dated, Get some new siding and new windows from Dutch's Home Improvement. I guarantee you'll be happy to come home when you turn that corner and come down your street. Your house will look younger than its actual age, and it'll be more energy efficient because new windows from Dutch's will save you money, not just in the wintertime, but summer also. So give them a call to 719-392-1369. They're fully licensed and insured, of course, and carry only the best brands of windows, siding, patio covers, exterior doors. And they do it right because they've been doing it for over 30 years now. Dutch's Home Improvement. Get some energy-efficient windows just in time for winter. 719-392-1369. Need help with your next home project? Back to Around the House with Ken Moon. Give him a call now at 719-473-1240. That's 719-473-1240. It's 21 minutes after the hour. Thank you, Laura. Good to have you with us here on the program. 719, I don't mean Laura, good to have you, the listener, with us on the program. And I said it before the break, no stupid questions. I want to emphasize this, that over the years, I've learned so much from listeners going, as I say, 30 years, 30th anniversary now. And 
if you have a question, you think, ah, nobody would care about this or it should be obvious. I don't want to appear uh, silly and, and uh, you know, waste people's time. No, we love all the questions we get here. So anything that's on your mind, give us a call. We will be glad to hear from you and kick things uh, around. And we have live email at aroundthehouse.com. The way that works, go to my website and the second button from the left is contact Ken and you click on that and there's a little to do a little math equation to keep out the crazy people, Viagra ads and all that all that stuff. And it's called CAPTCHA, I think is what it's called. Then you can uh, leave me an email or a little message, and I'll see it right here in the studio. So that's the way to do that. But we'd rather you give us a call, 719-473-1240. Chris says, should I install a smoke alarm in my garage? If so, what type? Generally speaking smoke detectors don't do very well in a garage or a kitchen for that matter there's fumes from your car's exhaust although i hope you don't run the car very long in the in the garage there's paint thinners other fumes that perhaps can give false alarms a better idea in a garage is a heat detector you can find those online your alarm company will have a heat detector if there's a fire sudden increase in heat uh, it will go off. Same thing if you have a, if you want extra protection in your uh, boiler room, if you have a hot water boiler, or if you have you have a furnace room, utility room with a, you have a gas dryer. Perhaps you're a little worried about fire. A heat detector in there is is a good idea. Also, uh, and the kitchen if you want. Kitchens uh, don't do well with uh, smoke detectors because of the smoke from, uh, you know, just cooking, broiling meat, and uh, the oven in general. Even invisible smoke, invisible particles uh, that you really can't, well, you can't see them because they're invisible, but there still, still are particulates in the air when you're doing cooking. So, yeah, not in the kitchen so much, but smoke detectors everywhere else, of course, are a wonderful idea. They've saved many, many lives over the years. I remember in, it was in the mid-70s, the smoke detectors came along and uh, they were uh, a little primitive to begin with. Uh, they were um, required in new homes. You had to wire them into the house wiring and so on. But they saved a lot. They saved a lot of lives in the meantime. They really there's we used to not so much anymore because most smoke detectors now are wired into the house current. But when they were uh, when there most people had a battery only smoke detector because in older homes, of course, there was nowhere to put it. That you could tie it in with a house wiring, so people would get a lot of battery-powered smoke detectors. And the heartbreaking stories don't see much anymore. But you used to see about a house fire where somebody was killed or injured, and the smoke detector had no batteries, or the batteries um, were too old and weren't working. Those kinds of terrible stories. But it's been a good idea since uh, about 40, 45 years now. Smoke detectors do save a lot of lives. At first, they were only required near the bedrooms, and then they evolved to uh, each level of the home, and then they evolved to in each bedroom. You get the idea. As time goes on, we get more and more uh, concerned about these safety issues. Same with carbon monoxide detectors. But if you have a smoke detector at home, and I still see many of these that's yellow, that's a clue (laughs) that your smoke detector is too old. It used to be white. White plastic turns yellow with age. And 
if you have a yellow smoke detector at home, you got to get that out of there and get it replaced. Because the recommendation is 10 years or older, you should replace that smoke detector for sure. Seven years or older on a carbon monoxide detector. So that's kind of the story on smoke detectors. Here's another thing, and I see this much more than I like, uh, than I hope, than I would hope I would see it, but it's over and over again. And that's to replace a wired smoke detector with a battery. And I see this, it's hard, you, you got to take it off the ceiling to see this. When I do some home inspecting, I, I kind of have an instinct for what they're supposed you know, if they don't match, that kind of thing. If the bedroom ones don't match with the hallway, then I'll start uh, t- unscrewing them. And so many times I'll see someone, they went and got a battery detector and put it over an opening where the builder put in a wired smoke detector. It was wired into the house current. And I think a lot of that may be inadvertent. You go and you don't realize it's two different kinds. You go to Lowe's, you grab one, and you put it in because it's less trouble than going going back to to Lowe's. But you got to replace like for like. If you have a wired smoke detector, you got to replace it with another wired smoke detector. And the reason is that they're all tied together. When one goes off, they all go off. There's a third wire in there that alarms all the other detectors when one uh, alarms. And if you have a battery, one, that that feature doesn't work. So you want everybody in the house to be aware that there's a problem uh, with a smoke detector. So wired for wired, don't replace it with a battery. Now, if like my house, my house is built in 1973, so it didn't, you know, smoke detectors weren't around then. So I have battery detectors, uh, and I bought, and I encourage you to do this, the dual technology smoke detector. Uh, this is uh, has both kinds of sensors in it, a little photocell to detect smoldering fires, and the traditional radioactive isotope ionization kind of thing to, uh, to detect fast-moving and kind of flash fires. And you get double protection that way. It's not that much more expensive. But look for a dual technology smoke detector. At least one of the detectors in in each level near your bedrooms should be that dual technology type, okay? So uh, that's the deal. Replace like for like. It's a rule, but it makes common sense, sense, right? um, That you should do that. Uh, So make sure that you know the, the, the way to tell, and it's usually pretty foolproof, is if you you think it's time for new smoke detectors, fine. You look up, you know, turn the lights off. Maybe this is better done at night. And look up, and you should see some kind of a pilot light glowing on your smoke detector, either green or red. Uh, it'll be a continuous glow, and that's a wired smoke detector. Battery-powered ones have a pilot light also, but it just flashes about once a minute. Mine at home is a red flash every once in a while. So... Uh, if you see a steady pilot light in your detector, that's an indicator that it's wired into the 120-volt house current. That's kind of... I probably got off in the weeds on that, but I want to make sure you, your family is safe. You can uh, check your own smoke detectors if you get up there in a stepladder and just turn it to the left uh, a half a turn. It'll come out in your hand, and you can look on the back. It'll You'll see the date of manufacture, so... That's how you tell 10 years or older. So that's kind of the story 
on smoke detectors. Going back to the original question, don't put a smoke alarm in the garage. Put a heat detector if you must. So 719-473-1240. Real quick here, uh, Larry says, I have a leak in one corner of my gutters. I can't fix it. I've tried all kinds of silicone-type sealants. Um, you can, well, I'm surprised that silicone, you say silicone-type sealants, what I would do in a gutter is use real rubber, GE rubber silicone, the pure silicone sealant and adhesive, and try that if you haven't already. If you're still having trouble, you can cut a piece of 6 mil heavy-duty plastic and make kind of a homemade liner. It's really only a temporary fix, but it'll do the job for now. You can use the same sealant you've already used and cut a a strip, oh, I don't know, 12, 16 inches long, the width of the gutter, and goop all that stuff in there and just squish this homemade liner down in the gutter, smooth it with your hands, and uh, the leak will be gone. I guarantee you that. So just a cheap way to fix that. But if you haven't tried the actual GE rubber silicone sealant, the original stuff, that's the way. That's that's the story on that one. So, when, um, when do you have to... Uh when is the point when you have to replace the gutter? Well, if this if, if, if you this have multiple repair, leaks, one yeah. leak, yeah, not a big deal. Multiple leaks mean they're starting to break through. Yeah, I think that would be the um, that would be the indicator, I guess. But this sounds like a corner seam where there's a 45 degree miter. Then they're very vulnerable to leaks. So just put a put a plastic liner in there, and it'll be you'll be fine. Yeah, seven one nine four seven three twelve forty is our contact line we'd love to hear from you right here around the house we'll be right back hey if you had your furnace checked this fall you know it's important for your family's safety to get your furnace checked every year and for a limited time click heating and air is offering a special price 79 bucks for a complete checkout and cleaning of your furnace best deal in town and they're offering some fall specials in addition to that deal. You might want to take advantage. If you have an older furnace, say 20 years or older, they're offering up to $2,500 off on a new furnace and AC combo or a free humidifier with a new furnace. But these deals are for a limited time only. So call them today, 719-782-5425. I'm really impressed with Click. They're a well-run company, wonderful reviews online. Won't try to sell you something you don't need. They want you as a long-term customer. Special pricing now, $79 for a complete furnace checkout when you mention around the house. So for great service and honest, transparent pricing, click Heating and Air, 719-782-5425, 782-5425. Well, I love these email testimonials. This is for Expertech Environmental from Tom. My radon level was 14. I called two companies for quotes. Expertech was a lot less than the first one. And so uh, Dave and his guys came out. Uh, they did a great job. They ran into some issues that took them longer, but they didn't add any cost. The radon was still a little high, so they came back again, no charge. Now it's running uh, at two. Expertech Environmental is a good company. Thank you, Tom, for that. Great company, great people, he says. And if you have radon in your house, and I know you do, but if it's too high, you got to get it out of the house because there's EPA evidence uh, of long-term uh, lung cancer risk 
with high radon. So get it out of your house. Have Expertec come over and mitigate the radon. It's not very expensive. You'd be surprised how, how affordable it is. Expertec Environmental, 719-435-9571. Get radon out of your life. 719-435-9571. Things break around the house. That's why there's the Around the House program with Ken Moon. Give him a call now at 719-473-1240. That's 719-473-1240. Later on, we've got an EV update. Uh, I was talking to some friends of the same little wine thing I went to last night about about EV, and one of my neighbors was saying, gosh, uh, everything he reads, the infrastructure in our subdivisions is not designed for electric cars, and that's absolutely true it's one of those then what or unintended consequences or maybe intended of uh, uh, evs uh, electric cars in our neighborhoods the transformers the wiring that goes between houses the wiring you can't see it's all underground pretty much everywhere except out in the boondocks cannot handle another 70 amp or so uh, ev breaker in all the houses it just won't fly and so if that infrastructure's got to be replaced that's another big uh big deal so this stuff is not thought through uh we just kind of go with uh feelings or or virtue signaling whatever it is we'll have an update on that a little later electric cars are kind of you know it's it's the faddishness of it is kind of over and regular folks don't seem to really be taking to electric cars and the manufacturers are complaining they're losing a lot of money so we'll see how this how this turns out. Of course, we have to now worry about lawnmowers, weed eaters, chainsaws. They're all on the list of the EVs, uh, like EVs. They want them to be electric and not fossil fuels, let alone gas stoves, gas dryers, furnaces. The list is endless. Uh, they just want us to go all electric. Were you going to ask a question? Well, I was just going to mention, uh, I remember seeing a story yesterday about some of these EV charging deserts where there are sections of uh, the country where there aren't any. There are very few yeah. uh, charging centers, you know. And if you're in a in a rural area, especially like if you're traveling up in I ninety or I ninety four up in the Dakotas, you know, you you're you're going to be in a vast wasteland trying to find a charging station. Well, the the there's no doubt that EVs are mostly being used around town or close in commutes, that kind of thing. You wouldn't want to just take off and take a trip in one, would you? Especially, here's the thing, and this is true in whether you're talking about a house or a car, heating takes a lot of wattage and uses up a lot of electricity. Uh, So you're on I-70, I-80 going across the country, and all of a sudden there's a wreck up ahead. It's snowing. It's really cold out. You're running the heater, and you're not moving. You can't. You can't get to a charging station. You can't turn the heater off because the kids are in the back seat. So you run out of juice, and then, 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 what do you do if there's hundreds of EVs stranded in a blizzard because there's a, a a crash up ahead, a, a block, you know, a road blockage? It's just. I think for around town, if you want to spend a, a lot of that money and get that tax credit, although I don't think it's a it's a moral. I don't think it's. It's right that your neighbors get to pay for your electric car because you get a tax credit. But uh, around town, I get it. But not not if you're going to do any traveling. I, th- I agree with you, Chris. Let's see. Here's um, 
Uh, an email from Bruce. I installed a brand new 50-gallon water heater a few months ago. It doesn't seem to provide as much hot water as the older one. Do you know why? Well, I don't know how old your older one was. There was, um, back in the 90s, of course, there were the model energy code, which is the wonderful law that gave us low-flow toilets that were uh, a joke at the time. They've since been engineered to be to work pretty well, but at the time they were a pain in the neck or pain in some other part of your body, but you know what I mean, right? Um, they, so th- they've been sort of downgraded uh, in terms of efficiency. So they don't heat cold water quite as quickly as maybe your old one did. And our thinner air here in the Rockies means the BTU content of the natural gas is not as much as at sea level. So water heaters are sort of derated for elevation. Alt- they say altitude, but it's elevation really. Um, you may even see on the side of your water heater, this water heater is downrated for higher altitude and, and so on, so on and so forth. So I would have recommended if you had a 40 to buy a 50, which you said you did. If you had a 50, you might go to a 75. Uh, th- but there's another answer here uh, if you're disappointed with the amount of hot water you're getting. If there are no little kids in your house, Bruce, or disabled or elderly people who could be uh, you know, special needs kind of people who could be scalded, uh, you can turn the control up. There's nothing wrong with heating the water hotter and a little hotter than it maybe it is now. And because most hot water usage is a dilution of cold and hot water. So, for instance, you're taking a shower. The hotter the incoming water is, the longer your shower is going to last because you're diluting it with cold water. Same thing for a washing machine. Now, in your dishwasher, of course, it's all hot water. But uh, I don't know. You can get a candy thermometer and measure your hot water temperature at your kitchen faucet. And uh, if it's 120, you know, I think I would take it up to 130, 135. Just tweak that control up a little a little more. Again, scalding could be an issue uh, with little kids or disabled people. So just be careful of that. But that's kind of the way around that because... You can get longer showers, more laundry done if the incoming hot water is up to 130. Even 140, some people have. You just have to be careful. You can get scalded, uh, so you have to be have to be careful of uh, of that. But uh, and there are mixing valves, by the way. This gets a little complicated. You can have a plumber come in and put a mixing valve, uh, a bridge, if you will, between the hot and cold water near your water heater, which will sense. You can set the temperature then. And it only allows so um, so the, so many degrees of of hot water to go into the pipes. Uh, it'll it'll dilute it with cold water till it gets down to the level you set. There also are anti scald shower valves you can get. Maybe you have a a mother in law that's older and you want to turn the water heater up, but you can put an anti scald shower valve in her bathroom. You get the idea. You can there's ways around this, but don't be afraid to turn that hot water heater up a little bit uh, to um, to get a little more. A little more hot water, a little longevity in uh, the hot water that you use. 719-473-1240. And here's an interesting one. I was talking to a, uh, a realtor uh, this week. I'm sorry. And I was talking to a home buyer. And she was buying a 1968 house just full of wallpaper, okay, that hadn't really been updated. And we got to talking about wallpaper. She said, well, you know, wallpaper's making a comeback. And I said, well... I'm a wallpaper fan because I kind of grew up with it in those old New England houses, a cracked plaster everywhere. We used to use the wallpaper to hold the house together, but, but uh, wallpaper was a big deal. 
when I was a kid, this house had very tasteful wallpaper in it, but people are afraid of wallpaper. This particular lady said she thinks it's sort of making a comeback, and she's not particularly offended by it. So here's an email, which is the opposite. Interesting from Kathy. What prep do I need to do when painting over wallpaper? Good question. Uh, I think I would not paint over wallpaper because you'll end up with a, cl- a crinkled surface because uh, the solvent in the, uh, you know, it, it, when the paint, which is water, acrylic paint as a water solvent, will probably soak into the paste in the wallpaper and loosen it up and make it kind of bubbly and, as I say, crinkly, and you're not going to have that pristine painted wall look that you're uh, that you're after. So I, I would wallpaper over an existing wallpaper, but if you really must remove it, you got to remove it kind of completely. Uh, they sell enzyme-type wallpaper removers now. You mix with a little warm water. Um, you can use warm water and downy fabric softener uh, uh, and get a wallpaper scoring tool. That sometimes will work. A scoring tool is a little gizmo about the size of a computer mouse that has a, uh, dozens of little tiny blades, in the, uh, like razor blade type things that nick the wallpaper. So you go over it with a scoring tool, puts a thousand little nicks in the wallpaper, which allows the warm water and downy to soak in there and you can kind of ease it off the wall you get the idea you can use uh then there'll be residual glue you can use some wallpaper remover or or your downy liquid on that and a big sponge just be careful though because here's the problem with removing uh wallpaper is that you can't sand drywall uh, you, you, if you do, you're getting big trouble. You you just don't want to even think about sanding drywall because you get into the drywall paper cover, and then you got another problem. Uh, and if you try to use too much water, uh, too much of this removal solution, you can end up uh, again affecting the paper of the drywall. It's liable to get a little crinkly or a little uh, odd, dimply, if you will. So it's really kind of a. Uh, I don't know. Should I say catch twenty two? You, you you just can't you can't win here uh, doing this. So I would get some wallpaper and wallpaper over what you have, Kathy, and don't be alarmed by that because uh, you can use a a wallpaper. The it'll blend in. You won't even notice it, uh, like a, a vinyl texture, gray or a or a tan that was be virtually invisible. Um, and and just wallpaper right over what you have and let it blend in and be like a just a plain wall because uh, if you were were to paint the wall if you ever if you managed to get the wallpaper and the glue off the wall you'd probably want to paint it kind of a subtle color anyway why not use a subtle color of some additional wallpaper makes it more interesting you could do a border of wallpaper where the wall meets the ceiling a border at, at chair rail height at 36 or 42, whatever, um, uh, you know, down at waist level, so to speak. Lots of combinations here. But I think long-term and from a hassle standpoint or lack of hassle, I think trying to wallpaper over an, uh, wallpaper over an old wallpaper wall is a better idea than trying to remove it and certainly trying to paint over it. Because what will happen if you, if you do paint it, then the seams are going to show, and it'll look like a wallpaper wall that you painted. And no, you don't want that look either. So, 
That's kind of the story. Anyway, 719-473-1240 is our telephone number. We'd love it if you check in with us today and live email at aroundthehouse.com. We'll be right back right here on Around the House. We all know how hard it is to find a good plumber, especially when you need one, and to find one that you know is, is not going to overcharge you. There's a lot of that going on. If you want to deal with an honest company, veteran-owned company, a professional outfit, I want you to call Three Amigos Plumbing. It's a fun name for a seriously professional plumbing company. These guys are very good at what they do. They they just want to do a, a good job because they want you as a long-term customer. They especially thrive on your referrals to your friends and family. Three Amigos Plumbing, they carry those great Bradford White or Ream water heaters, my favorite brands. So give them a call, whether it's a drippy faucet or a flapper in your toilet or a new water heater, Three Amigos Plumbing, 719-597-6763. And one of their specialties is drain cleaning. So they'll run a TV camera through your sewer line before the holidays so you don't get caught short with company in town with a plugged up sewer line give them a call three amigos plumbing 719-597-6763 be honest now how's your garage door look has it been hailed on or just look old and tired you know the garage door is such a big part of the street scene of your house if it looks old and tired your house does too got good news now the folks at wayne dalton sales and service are having a sale through the end of the month, get 150 off a double door or 75 off a single when you mention the program. And more good news, they have lots of doors in stock. You don't have to wait six or eight weeks for a new door. Besides making your house look younger and more up-to-date uh, and prettier, if you will, it's a great way to save energy with Wayne Dalton's industry-best polyurethane-injected insulation. A garage door doesn't have to look boring either. They have some new wood grain impression plank doors at Wayne Dalton Sales and Service. You can stop by their showroom, 1847 South Murray off a of fountain. Uh, and by the way, they're a gold dealer for Genie uh, openers. But take advantage of the sale, 150 off a double, 75 off a single. Wayne Dalton Sales and Service, 719-382-9227. Fix-It videos would be so confusing. Let Ken Moon walk you through it on Around the House. Give him a call now at 719-473-1240. That's 719-473-1240. Welcome back. It's eight minutes before uh, the hour. <clears throat> here's um, uh, here's a kind of a poignant uh, email, if you will. This is from uh, Scott. I hired a contractor to remodel the kitchen and finished the basement while I was gone. Uh-oh. I said he was going to pull permits, but never did. Now, what do I do? Well, there's, there's, you know, a decision tree here would be, have you paid him or haven't you paid him the whole agreed amount? That's the thing I would like to know. Um, if, if you haven't paid him, you have some leverage. If You know, you maybe have a final payment due for this joker. Uh, you have some leverage. Go down and pull the permits and get it done right and get the final inspection done because this will crop up again don't uh this is unprofessional uh i know why they do it and i and you know i, I have a little sympathy but uh it's either legal or it isn't uh they you know they, they don't want to wait for the inspectors they don't want to have the city criticizing their work and on and on uh and but you got to do it you just have to First of all, it's the legal and right thing to do, and it'll come up to bite you uh, if you uh, you know if you let his unprofessionalism become your problem. When you sell the house, chances are a home inspector is going to wonder why there was no permit pulled. So you got to get this uh, done. Um, uh, if if you have paid him the whole amount, 
uh, that's not good. But you do have leverage uh, over the company because he, he or she, I shouldn't say he, he or she, their license could be in jeopardy if they don't handle this properly. Uh, I would not pull that gun out right now. Uh, don't draw that pistol, if you will, or uh, because uh, you want to negotiate with them. Uh, but ultimately, if you go down to the city building department and file a complaint, uh, he's got an answer to it. And so, um, the, you know, you, they have to go through review boards and hearings and that kind of thing. Uh, so just, you know, uh, just lean on him a little bit to get this done. Now, if the job is uh, apparently it's totally finished, looks like it's totally finished, uh, based on the sentiment in your email here, um, the city, I hate to say this and even bring it up, but they may want you to cut some small holes uh, here and there to check out plumbing and wiring. I hope they don't. Depends on the reputation that this contractor has. If he's known for doing professional work, uh, if you you know, I was a builder for many years, and if you get a, a trust thing going with a building department as a contractor, that's a good thing because uh, they'll take your word for things now and then, and and that's a good thing. Now, if on the other hand, if this guy's known as a a, a corner cutter, uh, this happening comes up all the time. Uh, they won't give you the benefit of the doubt, and they may, may want to do some investigating, as I say, by cutting holes and that kind of thing. But uh, nevertheless, I, I would try to lean on him. If you've uh, got withholding, you haven't paid him the whole amount agreed to, well, there's your, there's good leverage. But the other leverage, of course, as I say, is the license. But go there last. If he doesn't respond to your phone calls, texts, or emails, in other words, ignores you, that's not a good sign. Uh, it ends uh, is an indication of lack of sincerity. If uh, if he didn't now, I don't know if if you said in your email did he uh, didn't pull didn't pull permits at all. Sometimes contractors will get in a hurry; they'll pull permits but not do all the inspections. They'll they won't get the last final uh, okay by the city. But in this case, didn't pull permits at all. It's going to make them mad. They're going they may depending on his as I say reputation and relationship they have with him they may charge him a triple uh permit fee uh as a kind of a, a punitive damages kind of thing but that's not your uh your issue i want you to be uh in good shape here especially for the future when you go to sell your house so it's important to get that permit done especially for the extensive work that he did because basement finishing implies Oh, I don't know, emergency escape uh, methods, uh, egress windows, smoke detectors, carbon monoxide detectors. In the kitchen, you say you remodeled your kitchen. That implies uh, maybe gas and electrical work up in the uh, kitchen uh, and on and on. So uh, he should have pulled a permit, and he, he didn't. That's, that's, that's a problem. When you buy a house, of course, you want to hire a professional home inspector who uh, – Usually, will be you know, will they look up the permits online? You can go there, by the way, if you're in Colorado Springs or vicinity. I'm not sure about Casper. I'm sure they have a, a regular regional or countywide Natrona County building department. We do in Colorado Springs. It covers uh, all of El Paso County, and Teller County has a good one. Also, you can go to their websites and put in your address, and you'll see uh permits going back usually uh, the database goes back like into the 80s or so and sometimes even earlier to see what the history is with a house you're you're going to buy so uh home inspectors do that because you know if they see a 
a newer water heater and there's no permit of record uh, in the uh, database, then they'll call it to your attention. You get the idea. You just need to do this. It's a little bit more hassle. Uh, sometimes contractors, unscrupulous contractors, will say, you know, uh, if I don't have to pull a permit and mess around with the city, uh, you'll get a, uh, you know, give you a few hundred dollars off the bid, that sort of thing. That's that's unethical, uh, and you shouldn't fall for that. Uh, they also, you of course, in addition to pulling permits and having the right licenses, they've got to have the right insurance, liability, and workers' compensation. You, you know all that stuff. You want to make sure. Uh, they have the right uh, credentials uh, because some people, uh, you know, some contractors will cut corners and they say they're saving you money, but they're not saving you hassle in the long run. So got to get it done. So lean on them, but money-wise and then building department-wise, but start uh, with a smile on your face. Just get it done and pull out that last uh, threat with the building department as uh, threatening their license. And trust me, you'll get some results in a hurry. Well, that's it. That's part one, part two of the second hour of Around the House, right around the corner after the news. Give us a call, 719-473-1240, right here on Around the House. after the hour part two of around the house uh celebrating our 30th anniversary here uh which is the uh, technically on the 20th what is that is that a week from monday or something chris something like that i guess huh? yeah anyway so uh, you know uh, november 20th 1993 uh we all i uh, began this and it's been fun ever since uh i don't know how many shows that is it's you know 1500 uh, shows are 16 something like that that's 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 pretty good I had a lot of fun along the way lots of made a lot of friends and a lot of uh, acquaintances mostly friends advertisers and listeners and radio people like chris and management and uh, you know his regular colleagues along the way it's been a lot of fun you know, uh, being on the radio all this time it's a long a long time uh, you know, the shows don't usually last this long. It's a lifetime in radio to be uh, doing this 30 years. And I have you to thank. Absolutely, I don't say it often enough. Our affiliates like KTWO and Casper, and of course our wonderful advertisers. The reason we uh, stay on the uh, on the air is because of our advertisers. So we are so grateful for our, your listenership, emails, calls, uh, and our wonderful advertisers and stations, of course, here on the Around the House program. Let's see, Kathy, on line one, you're on the air with Ken Moon Around the House. Hi, Kathy. Well, hello, Ken. Hi. Thanks for your contribution as a veteran. I do. Oh, are you a veteran also? She was. No, I'm not, but I raised my flag today and salute it every day. Well, you know what? I'm I'm so uh, grateful for uh, your comment. That's very sweet of you. How can I help you today? Yeah, well, it's... uh, um, I'm an older woman taking care of an old house. My house is 1958. Okay. Uh, the, when I bought it, it had this Timberline insert stove in the fireplace, which I have enjoyed immensely over the years. Sounds like a 1973 and, situation when they were, uh, that was very popular. Well, Back when they, the uh, energy prices went up, wood stove inserts oh. were a big deal. Yeah, yeah. 
all day, and I cook on you know a lot of different things. It's nice, yeah. and I've been able every other year to have it the chimney clean from yeah. the company up until 2015. Now, when I called them, well, that's the last time it was clean. Called them again, they can't do it anymore because I have no chimney liner. And I had asked them, well, what will I do if I want to sell this house? He said, all you have to do is just take out that insert. Then it's just an open chimney, and then it's okay. Yeah. Which yeah. to me, it makes no sense. But to you, it probably does. So I don't want to lose my uh, insert. So I looked at YouTube and saw how you insert one big, long metal tube. And and then I looked up this something called heat shield, and I'm in a quandary as to what to do because now I worry about chimney fires, whereas before I had... I'm yeah, well, let me, let me ask you this. Um, uh, have you checked with more than one chimney sweep company? Yes, same legality, same... Uh, same well, I don't, I don't quite understand the legality. Would they rather you have an unsafe a chimney that wouldn't be approved today because you can get a chimney fire or clean it out to to make you a little safer i'm not i don't get the the mindset there oh truly uh, i don't get it either no uh, how they would always clean it as you well know they have to pull out that insert right clean it clean it clean it and then put it back in and uh, he did explain it uh, one dr it was an excellent company. By yeah, they, they've been around forever. Yeah, they do it. Yeah, they they can't do it because yeah. To answer your question, there, I don't know. Well, I mean, see, I see, that's it's probably some good Lord government regulation, I suppose. Oh, I'm sure. Um, I'm sure it is. Don't I mean, me you, you might. Doctor Soot, as I say, has been around a long time. I mean, if you, I would maybe call him back and say, listen, if, if I sign a letter holding you harmless from liability, because it, it's here's here's the logic of it. They know you got the insert and you're not going to take it out. You're going to keep using it. Would they rather you keep using it and get unsafer and unsafer or would they rather you be a little safer even though technically you're supposed to have a liner, because they know you're not going to put a liner. I, I don't understand that logic. I really don't. Um, oh, I, yeah. I, I mean, I'm not I, saying they don't care. No, no, I, I know, but maybe, uh, maybe they they're care. they've got some kind of live. It's just. Oh, it it probably is. Yeah, we have but, more. Uh, see, what, did I, what did I read the other day? Did yeah. I? Somebody said we in the United States. Um, we have more lawyers in the U.S. than the rest of the world combined or some some crazy oh, thing like that. Oh, and we, there's sure. too many of them around and everybody's worried about liability. Well, you're right. Any, any kind of an insert like this would require a metal flu liner um, all the way to the top of the chimney. They're absolutely right. Do you want to keep this thing and keep using it? <clears throat> I do. Uh, I don't use it often unless yeah. since I haven't been able to get it clean and I've tried those logs you can buy that apparently or, or say they get rid of creosote but no they're, they really don't that. work that they don't work uh, that well they don't no I imagine not there is that heat sheet I, I mentioned to your programmer there there's something called heat shield I was hearing it or reading on it something they pour down the inside of the chimney that adheres to the Inside, do you know anything about that? I don't. You mean a, like a liner kind of idea? Yes, it, then it creates a liner. I would, it's, I'm would. i skeptical because uh, gravity, would I would think, would work against that, but I, I'm not aware of it. I, have you have you talked to Dr. Soot about that? No. 
Okay. Uh, no, I'm just my, in my process of uh, I winterize my house, so to speak, and I like using my fireplace. Yeah, did they give you a quote, by the way, for the ch- metal chimney liner? Oh, no, I looked on YouTube for all those. But it it was what I could find was between three to six K. Yeah, I mean, they could sl- you just slide slide it right down through the existing flue pipe. Oh, yeah. Hook it up that way. It's not a big deal process. Well, I guess that's the only choice you have. I mean, uh, yeah. what, what what do you burn in your stove? Uh, well, mostly pine, a softer wood. Well, yeah. see there, I was afraid you were going to say that. If you were to start burning hotter woods like cedar, aspen, aspen especially, and oak, they have a lot less creosote and do a lot less depositing uh, up in that chimney. Um, but you say it's been eight years since you've had it cleaned? Uh, 2015, yes, the- Doctors did it. Did they? Would they be willing? I I know they would to run a a fiber optic camera down through it to see if uh, what shape it's in. You might ask them to do that. I'm going to do that. Yeah. Yeah, because I I mean, maybe you've lucked out and there's not a lot of creosote in there, or maybe you're you know you're you're you have you're two two uh, uh, months away from a chimney fire. You know, I don't know, but oh, I know, and and but prompted all this uh, concern on my part. Talking to a friend recently whose chimney cap started on fire. Yeah. And I was talking to him about that. I don't have a line. He said, "Oh, this just can't be. You just can't be doing that." I said, "I know, but I just don't know what to do." Because I, I cannot. I'm physically strong, but I cannot put that big, long thing in there. Oh, no, no, no. I wouldn't expect uh, you I'll would. Call them. No, no, yeah. no, no. I mean, I if I, could, if I were in my 20s, I couldn't do it either. I wouldn't. It's a skill oh, set. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, here's what I do. A Dr. Soot, as I say, is a longstanding company mm-hmm. with a good reputation. Yeah, call them back and say, hey, run a camera down through there. Let's see what shape we're in. Do I have another eight years before I worry about a chimney fire? Am I really close to one? They'll give you an, an opinion about that. And while they're there, they can give you an estimate for a, for a chimney liner. Uh, but I'm, I'm, those are the only yeah, two choices yeah, you have. Yeah. The other thing you could do. I know. I know. The other thing you could do is is to um you know switch to gas a fireplace but you know maybe you don't want to do that but uh i well yeah the old farm girl in me from minnesota love that smell of wood oh okay yeah i I know you've referred to your gas stove it sounds so convenient but uh would help or would maybe really want to get this done too that uh, storm we had last year i didn't have power for two days and kind of what saved me was the yeah 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 great yeah, well, I, uh, inform- what do they say? The cliche information is power. If, if they can get a, they, they'll have a fiber optic <laughs> yeah. camera. And if your chimney's uh, relatively clean, they'll tell you. But if it's if it is relatively clean, I hope it is. Switch to to hotter uh, wood with less creosote. Anything but pine. Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. Here's the question: How come then, if what he said is true, by uh, taking out the insert and just having that open fireplace? Then it's not a problem. I don't quite get that. Isn't a lot Kathy, you've music? been taking those Isn't logic pills again? again. I'm sorry. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, you, yeah. That's dangerous when you take logic oh. pills. <laughs> no, well, doesn't help me out. Either. Yeah, and it's so funny because <laughs> then if you jerk out that insert, they'll probably just come clean the chimney and and and, and ain't old time, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> maybe here. Maybe here's the thing. Pull the insert out. Yeah. Put it in the garage. 
and um, have them clean the chimney and then shove it back right back in again. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I can lift a lot, Ken. But <laughs> <laughs> Gee. No. Uh, yeah, but that is funny. Yeah, just. Oh, it okay. is. It's, well, uh, yeah. Uh, it's helpful. I, I see the writings on the wall, so to speak. I do need that line. When you're I dealing can. with bureaucrats yeah. and bureaucratic uh, rules, uh, logic oh. uh, is not a part of the equation. So there oh. you go. Like I said before, don't get me started on a government <laughs> control. I'd Kathy, see. I, I well, love I your spirit, it, and yeah. but I hope I've oh. given you a little help here. So, <laughs> Yes, um, you have. The, I, oh, good. You've confirmed what I know I need to do. I'm going to look okay, up well, this heat shield can. thing. The heat shield thing is intriguing. Mm. I can't picture it working because gravity. You know, it sounds to me like, you know, you can line sewer pipes with a injected liner, but they're, they're, they're horizontal. Mm-hmm. I can't p- picture this on a vertical yeah. basis, but I will look. I'm, I'm intrigued by that. Listen, have yes. a happy Thanksgiving, Thank and thanks for your call. Well, yes, you too. Okay, Bye-bye. Kathy, take care. 719-473-1240. We'll take a quick break here. And uh, rules, rules, rules. Yeah, I get it. We'll be right back right here on Around the House. I want to talk to you about Click Heating and Air. This is a great company, uh, and uh, they specialize in honest, transparent pricing. You hear a lot of stories in the HVAC business of people selling you parts you don't need, that kind of thing. Well, Click wants you as a long-term customer, and they want you to refer uh, them to your friends and relatives. So this is a company you can trust, and they have a special now. When you mention Around the House, $79 to get your furnace clean. That's a great deal. I want you to take advantage of that. And speaking of taking advantage, they have some specials now. If you have an older furnace, say 20 years or more, they're offering up to $2,500 discount on a new furnace and AC combo or a free humidifier with a new furnace installation. These are great deals, but for a limited time only. So call Click today, 719-782-5425. When you mention around the house, 79 bucks to get the furnace cleaned and checked. Click Heating and Air, 719-782-5425. Tell them Ken Moon sent you and get the special price, $79. Don't fix the problem at your house. Ken Moon is here to help. Give them a call now at 719-473-1240. That's 719-473-1240. It's 22 minutes after the hour on the Around the House uh, program. Thank you, Kathy. It was a, it was a good call. I, I, I do appreciate that. And those inserts, wood inserts, were all the rage. was a big deal back in the 70s. Chris, uh, I, I, I know you probably don't remember much about this, but when the Arab oil boycott hit OPEC, in the because of the Israel war, here we go again. You know what goes around comes around. Uh, interest uh, energy prices rather shot through the roof, and suddenly we were scrambling around for solar. We had some solar and a lot of wood stoves in the mix as energy, and of course insulation and caulking and all that. Uh, it was almost overnight when all that happened, and the wood stove inserts were a big deal. There were some made. Uh, was it there's a was a Fisher stove factory south of town in Fountain, and there was another brand of wood stoves made up in Woodland Park. I think everybody was in on the act. There were tax credits available for uh, wood stoves for solar powered water heaters, and uh, just it, it, we went overnight. It was just a whole new paradigm. Before that, I was I just started in a building business, and uh, insulation was sort of yeah we got a little insulation. Nobody it was an afterthought. It's hard to imagine today, but we would put oh maybe four inches of insulation in the attic, and you know a little wall insulation and single glazed windows. Uh, we're not a we're, we're kind of 
de rigueur in those days with uh, aluminum frames. They were terrible energy wasters. But all of a sudden, overnight, there we were, double-paned windows and gobs of insulation, caulk everything, storm windows, storm doors, and all that. But we've saved a lot of uh, oil and gas since those days. We should have been more aware of it before that but it was a real eye-opener and the stove that kathy has the insert i'm sure it was from those days in the 70s let's see don says we have a hard by the way our phone number 719-473-1240 and live email uh at the aroundthehouse.com website speaking of which uh the podcasts are available through my website or the krdo site you can go to aroundthehouse.com click on listen to podcasts and you'll go back uh about almost going on 18 months now 16 months something like that uh and i looked um online and there's about over 400 of my denver-based show a podcast still around under apple Podcasts. i was looking uh, last week so you can get se- hour by hour of around the house chris will have the today's program on the podcast within a couple hours after we go off the air here's an email from <clears throat> from don we have hardwood floors at our house. What should we set the emitter? emitter uh, bleh, 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 bleh. There we go. That's all, should folks. Should I cut that? Yeah. Easy for me to say, right? What should we set the humidifier at to protect our hardwood floors? The ideal is around 40%. In our dry climate, you really probably will never get there. You could set it at 40 and 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 just hope for the best. Usually, uh, when I do it at my house, I get up into the low 30s but that's about as good as i can do because our ambient air is so dry here in the rockies but uh set it at 40 it's good for your hardwood floors as you indicate for your furniture for your other woodwork uh, really the humidifier and it's good for you and your nasal passages throat ears you know uh respiratory system have a little higher humidity uh, is is uh, is a good thing in your life for your house and for you. I want you to get uh, the the humidifier I have in my house. I really like. It's called April Air. My buddies over there at Click Heating and Air sell them. Uh, it's self cleaning, no moving parts, easy to maintain. I just I think I it's been 10 to 8, 10 12 days now put a new humidifier screen in my humidifier, cleaned all the scale out and got it all set for another winter uh, and i do that once a year so yeah set it at 40 and see how that goes now i have the april air model 600 i think there's now an 800 but the 600 uh, or uh, newer models uh, actually take control of the furnace so when you set the humidity level it regardless of what the gas is doing the gas heat coming on and off the humidifier doesn't care if the humidity gets low it'll turn that furnace blower on start the humidifier so it takes over the furnace and adds humidity when you need it regardless uh, because remember the humidifier on your furnace doesn't run unless you uh, unless the blower is going so the april air model 600 and newer models will uh, has a little computer inside that controls the furnace blower and it just comes on and off as it needs to so that works really well. That'll get the humidifier, uh, humidifier uh, going and get the level, the relative humidity in your house, maybe up closer to that 40% level. But that's kind of the ideal uh, at, at your house. So if you have an older style humidifier, you might think about getting an April air or some of there. Also, there are steam humidifiers that inject 
uh, a water vapor right into the uh, airstream, which they work pretty well. Also, they're kind of expensive and a little finicky to maintain. But yeah, added humidifier, uh, a humidity level in our uh, part of the world here is a good thing because it gets so dry in the winter. My hands, I was talking about this last week, I think, weren't we, Chris, about dry hands and cracking and, and dry skin and so on. It's hard to keep up with, but the trade-off is not having high humidity all year round like I did when I lived in New England. I'll, I'll take the lower humidity every day of the week for a, 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 some dry uh, fingers <laughs> and, and a little crack, cracked skin in the wintertime. Low humidity is really the way the way to go no mold to speak of here and uh mildew and all that so uh yeah that, that it's a good trade-off 719-473-1240 uh, we had an email here and i've talked about this I, if i talked about it yet this season chris about putting a light bulb in the refrigerator in the garage if i we talk- i think we talked briefly about it okay well I, you know what uh maybe i can get started on this topic and continue it after we take the break, but uh, it's something that uh, most folks, I think I could say most, have some kind of a backup refrigerator in the garage for pop and beer and frozen turkeys and things you get at Costco. You have extra, uh, and I have one in my in my house, and they can be problematic because they don't run as often as they would if they were inside the house because the uh, temperature in the garage of course is lower in the winter time in the summer they're they're just fine because it's warm in the garage but in the winter it's so cool out there that the compressor doesn't run very often and so you end up getting softened food in the freezer compartment of your garage refrigerator well there's a trick to getting it to run more often and that is to put a light bulb in the fresh food section of the garage refrigerator and it'll sense more heat added uh, and it'll fool the refrigerator into running more often that's kind of the bottom line here and uh, I do that and I haven't plugged it in yet this year I'm getting ready to as we as the garage gets um, below about 50 Fahrenheit down into the 40s you really need to have that light bulb in your garage refrigerator and I have a a little clamp light fixture I got a, a one of those you, you, you know clamp on work lights workbench lights you see uh at the at lowe's and home depot and the hardware stores it has that kind of it looks like a, a like a, a big top hat kind of reflector shield and it has a clamp on uh socket you just throw the reflector away it looks a little bit like a chinese kind of hat situation kind of idea you just unscrew it throw it away uh, like like you see in Chinese movies of Asia where the where the peasants are wearing those kind of dome uh, hats, that's what it looks like. And you don't need the reflector because you're not looking for light; you're looking for heat. So you throw that away and just use the clamp-on socket. Put a low wattage bulb in there, clamp it to one of the uh, one of the shelves in the refrigerator, and let it run 24/7 all winter. And it's just enough extra heat to cycle that compressor. And your frozen food will be fine in your garage. That's kind of the story. I have a, I think I have an old CFL, like 60-watt equivalent light bulb in there, which is produces about 13, 15 watts of heat, something like that. So that's kind of the story. Real low-wattage bulb, just enough extra heat. Otherwise, the compressor doesn't run, and um, 
and then your your frozen food will get softer and the ice cream will you know it, it just isn't good to have mushy frozen food you want it hard and uh, you want that and, and i always have a, a thermometer in my a little dial uh, analog thermometer in my garage refrigerator uh and it's uh in the in the freezer section i want that at zero because if that's at zero then it means the fr- the fresh food side is going to be in the high 30s low 40s and everything is fine so you want that zero plus or minus year-round in the garage uh, freezer. So that's the story. A low-wattage light bulb. Would it, uh, would it react a little differently if you had a low-wattage LED bulb instead of an incandescent one? Um, LED would not provide enough heat, I think, uh, warmth. It has to be some kind of a halogen or incandescent uh, light bulb. Uh, you could get, uh, Chris, you could get an appliance light. You know, you can mm-hmm. buy, yeah, now that you mention it, like an oven light is like, I don't know, 20 watts or... Like what, a microwave oven light. Yeah, or microwave oven light or refrigerator uh, light bulb you put in a freezer mm-hmm. aside of your refrigerator. About 20 watts, give or take, would be ideal. LED, uh, that's the benefit of LEDs. They're a low, really low heat, but it would be too low for this application. If you got an old CFL light bulb, which, you know, they're kind of those curly fry, curly fry, CFL, curly fry light bulbs... Uh, they, they work also, but which need, means going to, old school. Yeah, you need exactly. You need to look at the total heat output of the light bulb you're considering. So my 60 watt CFL is about 13 watts, which seems to be just fine. Leave it plugged in 24 seven, and uh, things work out pretty well. Then in the summer, of course, you unplug it because in a warm garage, it'll run just fine. So there you are. So um, that's kind of the little uh, treatise on garage refrigerators uh that we uh touched on i guess a while ago but that's kind of the the uh backstory if you will 719-473-1240 is our telephone number we'll be right back right here on around the house give us a call live email at aroundthehouse.com I want to recommend Three Amigos Plumbing, a fun name for a seriously professional plumbing company. The holidays are coming up. That's the absolute worst time of the year to have a sewer line plug up. And they have a deal now. They'll run a fiber optic TV camera through your sewer line for free, no charge, if you have them clean the line. So you got to know what's going on. It's like, I hate to use this analogy, but it's like getting a colonoscopy for your house. But you want the house sewer line to be healthy. Trust me, for the holidays. So call Three Amigos Plumbing, 719-597-6763. That was probably not a good analogy, but you get the idea. No surprises over the holidays. Three Amigos Plumbing, they carry those great Bradford White and Ream water heaters, uh, my favorite brands, by the way. And um, they, they're veteran-owned at Three Amigos, and they pride themselves in no, uh, no hidden sticker shock when you get the bill. Three Amigos Plumbing, a great company. You need to call them, 719-597-6763 for Three Amigos. I want to talk to you about your garage door if it's been hailed on or just looks old and ugly. Nothing worse looking than an old garage door because that, that's what people see when they drive up to your house. Wayne Dalton Sales and Service is having a sale now. This is not very typical, so I want you to take advantage of this. 150 off a double door, 75 off a single when you mention around the house. They have lots of doors in stock, so you don't have to wait now. You can get this done before the holidays. Give them a call at 719-382-9227. They have a showroom, by the way, 1847 South Murray off of Fountain. You can see all the great garage doors there, like the impression plank doors. Garage doors can be pretty. They don't have to look boring. 
Wayne Dalton Sales and Service. They're also a gold dealer for Genie Openers, uh, the, the, the best-known opener going. And so you can get a new opener and a new door uh, on the, when they're on sale. Right now, 150 off a double, 75 off a single. Wayne Dalton Sales and Service, 719-382-9227. From your faucet to your furnace and everywhere in between, Ken Moon has solutions around the house. Give him a call now at 719-473-1240. That's 719-473-1240. Chris, we need to talk about gutter covers, don't we? We talked about promote. We promoted that for the program this week. You know, you're, I, my, I think my promo said, are you up to your eyebrows in leaves and pine needles? And I was. I had my uh, my great landscape guy, Angel, uh, or as he's known, Angel. Uh, he's a great guy, and he got rid of all my leaves. He gets up there with a gas-powered leaf blower and just blows the gutters out, the downspouts, does a great job. You may be frustrated and want to know about gutter covers and gutter shields. There's all kinds of combinations now, a lot of DIY-type things, the the uh, the go-to brands, uh, Leaf, uh, Leaf Guard uh, and Gutter Helmet, have been around for, I don't know, 20, 30 years or more. Uh, they, they usually, they're, they operate in the same principle, kind of a shield that hangs over the gutters. So the leaves and twigs go overboard and the pine needles and the water curls around the gutter, uh, the, the, the shield, if you will, and ends up in the gutter. And that's fine. They're... For my, they're a little pricey. They're, they work pretty well. They're a little pricey. Uh, and uh, so you might, there's other alternatives around. There's all kinds of snap-in shield kind of things that uh, that you can get. Screens and, and, and kind of uh, metal shields with holes punched in them that you can snap in yourself. So you can look at a lot of these online and and buy them and put them in yourself if you would like. Look at the reviews and so on. So lots of combinations for these. The the only downside to any of these gutter cover or shield systems, uh, if it's not a major downside, it's called ice dams. And especially on the north side of your house, by the very design of keeping the water in the gutters but the foreign material out, uh, we have little holes or slits uh, that would are, amenable, are, are encouraging to ice dams because the water curls over, especially with melting snow, and then it freezes hard overnight and then thaws out the next day. So we tend to get ice dam buildups on the uh, with these gutter shields and covers, uh, no matter what you do. Uh, again, on the north exposure of the house, and uh, you can overcome. And you know you can overcome that with some heat cables strategically placed uh at the bottom of the of the roof just ahead of the the gutter shield if you will uh to melt the uh, water and the snow and the ice that wants to build up so there's a way around that that's the only downside otherwise they work pretty well to keep all the junk the detritus if you will the leaves twigs pine needles out of your gutters so you can uh, there's lots of choices available now for gutter covers and you can go online and look at uh of all well i shouldn't say of all places amazon uh has them available my neighbor did a snap-in one that he really likes uh as a metal shield with holes punched in it i can't remember the trade name for it but um it works pretty well and he did it himself i was cringing when he was 
you know, when you when you work on your gutters, the problem is your center of gravity gets messed up. You're sort of leaning over, uh, and uh, he had I think he had a safety rope, but I cringed for him anyway. But he got that done. He really likes it uh, because he's got a lot of maple trees, real tall trees that uh, the leaves get in his gutters. So anyway, that's kind of the story. The brand names are well tested and well um, reviewed. They've been around for a long time. You can get a quote and just take it, uh, take it from there. Uh, a lot of a good time to do this if you're going to get a new roof because you've been hailed on. It's a good time to put not just new gutters on, but gutter shields if you are into that gutter covers. Otherwise, you know, twice a year you can get somebody up there like my guy and just blow those gutters out and get rid of the leaves uh, once and for all. So that's kind of the that's kind of the story. Seven one nine four seven three. 1240 is the uh, phone number. A shout out to our friends up in Casper, KTWO country. We're so glad you're with us. Now, the show is time shifted up there. So if you want to call in, it's one o'clock mountain time. Now, Mountain Standard, right, Chris? Since last Sunday. Oh, man. I, the other night, on Tuesday night or something, I, I, I said, gosh, it's been dark for a long time. And I looked at the clocks five after seven. So the evening's just getting started. Uh, my cat doesn't like it because he can't go outside like he used to. So it's kind of a downer time of year. But uh, in another, what, six weeks or so, it'll, the days will start getting longer. So we can look forward uh, look forward to that. Uh, here's another Ken with an email here. My gas log goes out on its own with no rhyme or reason. I can't figure out what's going on. Uh, can you help? Well, the, interesting question. Gas log control valves that lets the gas come into the unit in the first place they can wear out and get weaker over time they just age like all of us age right um and so then heat impinge as as the gas log gets older and, and weaker the heat impinging on the valve can cause it to shut down and then when it cools down it might restart again <clears throat> one idea from a diy standpoint is to rearrange the, the gas log, the ceramic logs, to reflect more heat away from the uh, gas valve. Uh, and that sometimes can work. Uh, you can just just change the configuration uh, and to just make sure there's less heat from the flames that impinges on the gas valve. Um, if that doesn't work, you got to replace it. And it just comes with, with as I say, age. Uh, there are... Are, are, there are metal heat deflector shields you can put in front of the gas valve as an ultimate reflector of heat away from the gas valve. That will help. It'll last longer than the one you have now. So the technician may be able to do that. You can call a fireplace company to get that done. But try, first of all, to rearrange uh, the gas logs and see if that does the trick. By any, by any chance, do they have any timer systems for these type of gas uh, fireplaces? I don't know of any. Um, okay, I, I'm just kind of curious because sometimes if you're, you know, if you're just happen to be sleeping or something like that, maybe the idea of it has an auto, some type of autopilot shutoff or something like well, that. Well, they do, Chris, have uh, remote controls based on temperature. Mm-hmm. So when it reaches, when the room reaches a certain temperature, it'll shut the gas log valve, uh, gas log down. I don't know of any, but I, you could retrofit one, I think. Uh, okay. I would think. Uh, but you'll have to ask a fire. That's a great question. I hadn't thought about, about that. So you're saying you fall asleep and it stays on and... 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, just the concern, you know, if you know, if something, you know, if you like forget to turn it off or something like that, you know. Well, knowing what I know about technology, I'm sure somebody in, uh, has invented one. Whether you can retrofit it uh, or not to an existing gas log is a good question. I'm not just not sure. Anyway, I will, you know, some, you know, you've given me a homework assignment. I can look that up. Anyway, 719-473-1240. We'll take our last break of the hour. We'd love to hear from you today. And we have live email uh, at aroundthehouse.com. We'll be right back. I want to talk to you about Dutch's Home Improvement. This is a company that I know you know their name because they've been around over 30 years. And the reason is because they're a good company. They do what they say. Their commitment to customer service is a big deal. Old-fashioned customer service you thought had gone away. Dutch's carries the top quality brands of windows, doors, siding, patio covers, and their installers are the best in the business. That's why they've stood behind their work for more than 30 years. Of course, fully licensed and insured. And if you have ugly old wood, steel, or aluminum windows from bygone decades, you're wasting a lot of energy, winter and summer, but especially in the wintertime. Dutchess can get some new energy-efficient vinyl windows on your house in no time. They can help you arrange financing. So give them a call, 719-392-1369 or DutchessHomeImprovement.com. New siding and new windows will make your house look younger than its actual age, and you'll save energy. And that's a big deal these days. Dutch's Home Improvement. Give them a call, 719-392-1369. If you live along the front range, I know you do. You're listening to the program. You've got radon in your house. Now, it may be at a low level, and that would be great. But you need to know, because there's uh, some evidence from the EPA that radon is responsible for thousands of lung cancer cases every year. Bottom line, get it out of your house. But first, got to know what the level is. Expert Tech Environmental can test for radon if it's above the recommended exposure level. They can mitigate it down to a safe level, surprisingly affordable. So I want you to call Expert Tech Environmental, 719-435-9571. You want your family to be breathing healthy air. That means getting the radon level down to a lower level. And if you have an existing radon system, they can set up a maintenance program to make sure it's behaving itself. So let Dave and his team come over, check for radon, mitigate it, and get your family's air healthy. And Expert Tech Environmental, 719-435-9571. From your roof to your foundation and everywhere in between, Ken Moon has solutions around the house. Give him a call now at 719-473-1240. That's 719-473-1240. Welcome back. It's nine minutes before the hour on the Around the House uh, program. Good to have you with us. We um, uh, would appreciate it if you'd... Check in with us via phone or email, aroundthehouse.com for email. And by the way, during the week, I get emails all week long, uh, and uh, people just check in and see, you know, they have a problem that pops up. And I'm pretty good about answering emails, usually within uh, just a couple hours, but if it's overnight, you know, it'd be, be no later than the next day. So we can set up a little email dialogue at aroundthehouse.com. One topic per email, please, and try to keep the questions fairly succinct and and, and compressed, if you will. Uh, I don't need a long, uh, you know, I usually can figure out what's going on with just a paragraph or two. So keep it brief, if you will, and pithy. How's that for a word? And um, we can, uh, as I say, set up a little dialogue. And if you want recommendation for contractors that I know and trust, or somebody's given you a bid that sounds outrageous, and uh, you can run that by me, anything that you'd like, aroundthehouse.com. I've done this 
now for 30 years. Um, unlike some folks, I don't charge for it. I just love to help out if I can. Aroundthehouse.com. Second button from the left for an email dialogue. Um, this is from Chris. Please give me the pros and cons of cleaning a sewer line. Do the mechanical root cleaning machines tear up the lines? <clears throat> what about root killers? Well, uh, using a chemical, sometimes that can help. You can get a, a DIY chemical, usually copper sulfate crystals, uh, and pour it in your toilet, but they don't really work that well because if you think about it, the the water in the sewer line is like up, it doesn't go up beyond uh, much halfway up the pipe. So if there's roots coming in the top, then you know they're they're not going to get affected by your chemical. You can get a root cleaning chemical, a foamy chemical from a sewer contractor, which expands and fills the whole pipe up. It's pricier than doing it yourself, but it can be effective. But there's no substitute for a mechanical scouring of the sewer line once or twice a year. Um, If you have cast iron or clay tile sewer pipe with a joint every four feet, sometimes every 10 feet, uh, these joints let roots into the line. So you got to get them scoured out once in in a while. So you have have to pick a company that knows what they're doing because you can damage the sewer line uh, and irreparably, uh, if you're not careful, we don't. There, there are power jet uh, where we get a swirling jet of high pressure water, and and uh, that people's you know contractors swear by. Problem is, they can damage an older sewer line, and uh, then you have to replace it. Especially cast iron line, they can cast iron is more delicate than you think. Especially if it's old, it can start to literally break down and rot. Even though it cast iron sounds like strong, well, over time it de- can deteriorate with the water in a sewer line. So you got to get a company that knows what they're doing. Uh, you can't uh, the, the scouring out with the rotating blades is fine, uh, but you have to know what you're doing and not overdo it. Uh, and um, but you got to do it if you have roots once in a while. Uh, some people set up a schedule where once a year the company shows up uh, just on a, on a suspense kind of basis, and that's uh, that's fine. But you got to know what's going on ahead of time. So get a fiber optic TV camera in the line, and they can just they can spot things like uh, breaks in the line, cracks or collapses. Um, more often than not, there are bellies in a sewer line, low spots, a foot or two long where there's water sitting there, maybe some toilet paper. Those are part of the old of an old sewer line. It just comes with having an older home. But getting that fiber optic TV camera in there is a big deal. My buddies at Three Amigos Plumbing will do that for free if you let them clean the line. But you got to get a company that's been in the business for a while that knows uh, how to gently clean out a sewer line so it doesn't get damaged. So it's a big deal uh, to pick the right company. There are some companies around that want to sell you a new sewer line or sell you a liner or spend a lot of your money. You get the idea, but uh, you need to know, first of all, with a fiber optic TV camera, they can, uh, they'll can they give you a, a, a thumb drive of what they found and how many feet out it is. They can tell, of course, how many feet away from the house a belly is or a break and that kind of thing. Sometimes you can simply repair a part of a sewer line. Just dig a hole where the break is and replace it with a piece of PVC plastic pipe and you're fine. Sometimes they need to put a clean out in and this can cost, oh, I don't know, 
2500 to $3,500 where they put an exterior clean-out, a two-way clean-out out in your yard so they can get to the sewer line without coming inside and pulling a toilet off the floor and, and that kind of thing so it's much more convenient. Of course, all new houses now are required to have a two-way clean-out in the front yard just for that purpose, but they can do that, and then you can get a regular cleaning uh, like every six months or 12 months or something. So it's it's a little complicated. I, I got off in the weeds here. I didn't mean to, but the the uh, power jet cleaning of an older sewer line is really uh, can be uh, fraught with uh, dangers. Uh, it can really uh, ruin an old sewer line. So the old-fashioned rotating blades is really the way to go. You have a question? You were no, no. I'm just I'm just thinking back to our, the, your commercial earlier about the colonoscopy. Oh, the, for uh, the colonoscopy sewers. before your house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, there there are two medical analogies I've used over the. That's why you were smiling, right? Uh, a sewer line uh, uh, checkout and cleaning is like a colonoscopy, and knowing the water pressure in your house is like a blood pressure cuff. So both are very important to know for your house's house's health and for your bodies also. So the analogies, you know, maybe I need to work on my analogies a little bit, huh, Chris? But um, you get the idea, right? You got it. That's why you're smiling. Okay. Well, that's. I think we're getting to the end here, aren't we? Yeah, I guess we're we're kind of coming to the end of the program. So, uh, again, the podcast, Chris will have it up uh, within an hour or two after we go off the air. Uh, here uh, again happy veterans day uh, all of our best wishes and thank yous to all the veterans in our audience uh, we, it's a big deal to serve your country and we appreciate uh, freedom isn't free as i said earlier so we appreciate that so happy veterans day and um, again hey to our folks up in casper on ktwo we'll see you next time and i uh, hope you have a wonderful week god bless uh, again chris moyer thanks for your help producing in the uh, in the control room during the week if you want to chit chat via email go to aroundthehouse.com second button from the left we'll see you next time same time same station right here on the around the house program pray for peace in the middle east and for israel and we'll see you next time god bless on around the house see you next week